This podcast is made possible by Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield, the whole health company. Welcome to Go Bronx Podcast, Episode 8, The Borough of Parks. I'm Olga Luce. And I'm Angel. This week, we will talk about the creation of the Bronx Park system. Out of the 7,000 acres that make up the borough, one quarter of it is parkland. Indeed. Bronx parks are integral in the lives of Bronxites. You would find some of our finest and historic institutions inside a park. Well, Angel, tell us more. By the late 1870s, New York City was on the verge of a development boom. Old estates were being purchased, cut up, and sold to the highest bidder, while the population began to exponentially grow with constant waves of immigration. The need for green space was a reminder of the rapid encroachment of open land, once owned by the wealthy, and now fall prey to savvy developers and the dominating powers of eminent domain. Eminent domain is the right of the government to take possession of private property, as long as they compensate you. Or not. Or not. Well, the annexed district of the Bronx, with its still countryside landscape ripe for further development, would offer the city some of the last bastions of open green space. Seems like there was a lot going on in New York City at that time. Yes. It came to a point where an organized effort to preserve land for public green space became more apparent. One of the first and most influential agencies for the calls was the New York Park Association. Journalist and reformer John Mullally helped form this open space advocacy organization in 1881. With fierce advocacy and persistence, his group achieved state legislation to establish six parks and three parkways in the annexed district, or what we call today the Bronx. The 1884 New Parks Act allowed the acquisition of nearly 4,000 acres of land to be used for the six new parks. Olga, do you know the names of those six parks in the Bronx? Yeah. Um, Van Cortland, uh, Claremont. Crotona, St. Mary, Pelham Bay, and Bronx Parks. That is correct. Along with these six new parks, there was also an acquisition to create three parkways that would serve as connectors for the larger parks. Olga, what do you think? Can you name them? Okay, hold on. Um, that's Crotona Parkway, which connects Crotona Park to Bronx Park. Mm-hmm. Bronx and Pelham Parkway, now just Pelham Parkway, which connects Bronx Park to Pelham Bay Park. Mm -hmm. And finally, Moshaloo Parkway, which connects Bronx Park to Van Cortlandt Park, which is why we drive on parkways and park in driveways. <laughs> very good, very good. By 1888, these six parks, along with their parkways, were open to the public immediately. Almost 25% of the Bronx was made up of public parkland. Some of the larger parks, like Bronx Park, offered an array of natural environments. The park became such an environmental wonder that it was no coincidence the New York Zoological Society, now the Bronx Zoo, and the New York Botanical Garden would establish their institutions on its grounds. Of course. The primeval hemlock forest in the New York Botanical Garden with its streams, lakes, and river gorges on the Bronx River 
What about the Bronx Zoo, where one can find picturesque waterfalls and all the other land features fit for wildlife? And Angel, you know Pelham Bay Park, our city's largest at almost 3,000 acres, you know, you can fit Central Park in there three times. It also has its own collection of natural landscapes, you know. There are meadows, hills, formal flower beds, and a lot of wilderness. The shoreline also became a popular recreation attraction, especially during the summertime. Yes. The park soon became host to a bungalow colony until the 1930s, when numerous recreational facilities such as Orchard Beach, playgrounds, tennis courts, ball fields, pools, and golf courses were opened for New Yorkers to come out and enjoy. In fact, Orchard Beach was once coined the Riviera of New York. Don't forget, Pelham Bay Park also has the historic house Bartopel Mansion, which was built in 1842. Van Cortlandt Park, which is the third largest park in New York and the second largest park in the Bronx at just over 1,100 acres, gets its name from the Van Cortlandt family since the historic house museum of the same name still stands there. The Van Cortlandt house is the oldest house in the Bronx, built in 1748. Oh yes, you're on point with all of that. We will definitely cover more of the Van Cortlandt mansion in a future episode. Can't wait. In fact, most of the historic houses of the Bronx, including the Edgar Allan Poe Cottage and the Valentine Varian House, sit on park land, where they are protected by perimeter acreage and gates. This is all fascinating stuff, but we need to take a short break. The world has changed a lot in the last year, and more than ever, you need health insurance you can rely on. Empire Blue Cross Blue Shield is the whole health company, and that means they are dedicated to improving the health and well-being of everyone in the Bronx and throughout the New York service area. They've been supporting the health of Bronxites for 86 years, providing you access to high-quality, affordable care. To learn how you can make a whole health connection, go to empireblue.com. Sigourney Weaver here to tell you about the New York Botanical Garden, 250 acres, 1 million plants, and you. Now open in the Bronx. Plan your visit at nybg.org. The Residence Inn by Marriott Bronx at the Hutchinson Metro Center on East Chester Road. This all-suite hotel offers an at-home feel with fully equipped kitchens, luxury bedding, a fitness center, free parking, free breakfast, and free Wi-Fi. Grab a bite to eat at their complimentary social hour or order a local craft beer at the bar. It's better in the Bronx. The Residence Inn by Marriott Bronx. For reservations, call 718-239-3939. 718-239-3939. So, Angel... What about the New York Park Association? Whatever happened to them? Well, originally, each borough of New York City had their own parks commission. For example, the Central Park Commission was formed in 1856 and created Central Park in Manhattan. It was not until 1934 when City Parks Commissioner Robert Moses unified all the separate commissions under the New York City Parks Department. Amongst the other city positions he held, this one he occupied until 1960. The department was again reorganized as the Parks and Recreation Cultural Affairs Administration 
1968. Eight years later, it took on its current name, the New York City Department of Parks and Recreation. Bronx parks continue to be an integral aspect of our borough's residents. St. Mary's Park, which is the only park of the original six located in the South Bronx, hosted many salsa musical events throughout the years. Even the city's first indoor recreational center was built there in 1951. Yes, in fact, Bronx parks played a major role in the cultivation of hip-hop music, which also started in the Bronx. To be exact, Bronx parks and all the facilities they offer are very important in our borough's historical development. We'll be right back. Get it, baby, get it! And now, for a little segment we like to call, Yo Angel! Yo Olga! What's the story behind the Grand Concourse? We Bronxites just refer to the four-mile stretch as the Concourse. But to give us a little more information as to why the concourse is so grand, we went to an expert. Sam Goodman works in the planning department for the office of the Bronx Borough President, is a Bronx native, and leads walking tours along the Grand Concourse. In the late 1890s, a French street architect named Louis Rees was visiting the Bronx on a rabbit hunting expedition. What he noticed was a very pronounced ridge going due north-south and immediately envisioned a grand boulevard that would resemble the Champs-Élysées in France. What made this vision so special, however, is that because of the height of this ridge, which in some cases exceeds 75 feet, he envisioned the possibility of using the ridge as a means through under which cross-town vehicular movement could occur and not interrupt the north-south movement that would facilitate the ease of access from Manhattan into the northern regions of the Bronx. Hence the name Concourse. The Grand Boulevard and Concourse was actually initiated into service in 1909. And as it so happens, because Louis Rees, Louis Haffen, and Louis Heinz, all three men sharing the first name Louis, we affectionately refer to them as the Three Louis, because Louis Rees fell into a political dispute with Louis Heinz and Louis Haffen, he was disinvited into the inauguration of his boulevard. The Grand Concourse today is one of the few streets that has its own zoning provisions, is on the national list of historic places, and is also part of a landmarks preservation endeavor called the Grand Concourse Preservation District, as established by the New York City Landmarks Commission. The Grand Concourse in the Bronx happens to be one of New York City's busiest streets. It is also the recipient of some major infrastructure work designed to both accommodate pedestrians as well as reduce traffic speeds and enhance the visual profile of the street. Recently installed planted medians, newly installed traffic signals, and antique streetlights all go to enhance the visual impact of the street for both pedestrians and travelers. The Grand Concourse is a very special place, and I invite you to come up and check it out, visit some of our Art Deco buildings, and enjoy the stroll on one of New York City's premier boulevards. And now you know.
There is another park in the South Bronx named after John Mulally. You can find it right across the street from the new Yankee Stadium. Although considered to be the father of Bronx parks and its parkways, John Mulally, unfortunately, was also remembered as a staunch instigator for the 1863 Civil War draft riots in which many African Americans were targeted, some even lynched from light poles. During the Civil War, Mulally was an anti-war Copperhead Democrat who, in 1863, said, quote, the war to be wicked, cruel, and unnecessary, and carried on solely to benefit the Negroes, and advised resistance to conscription if ever the attempt should be made to enforce the law. Unquote. Through his editorials, Mulally incited civil unrest that ultimately led to approximately 500 civilians dead, along with an exodus of African Americans from Manhattan to Brooklyn. There's really no evidence of him changing his views towards blacks, and so there is now a current movement to change the name of the park to a known figure that would better resonate with the demographics in which the park serves today. Yeah, let's see how that unfolds. Well, Angel, this episode was a walk in the park. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in to our Go Bronx pod produced by the Bronx Tourism Council and made possible by Blue Cross Blue Shield, the whole health company. Mucho thanks to the Huntington Free Library and Reading Room for serving as our makeshift recording studio. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GoBXPod. If you like us, tell your friends. And if they already like us, make some new friends and then tell them. For more information about this episode and more, visit GoBronxPod.com. And while you're there, subscribe to our e-newsletter to get the latest and greatest news from and about the Bronx. As, As always, always, I'm Olga Luce. And I'm Angel. Bronx, Bronx for yours. yours.